This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Ladies and gents, and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host, Chris Simpson, and joining me as always is Cara Thistlepoint. Hello. And <laughs> listeners, Newcastle 3, Manchester City 3. Uh, Newcastle, the first team to take points off the champions. Uh, a f- <laughs> absolutely barnstorming early game. Just fantastic. Yeah, it's almost a shame that it was a draw. Um, you kind of felt that Newcastle probably deserve to come away with something but Man City is just one of those teams that the smallest sniff of a chance they're likely who is a goal so but you know still really really well done by Newcastle but almost you know you would have taken a draw hands down before this match and then at the end of this match it's almost like it was snatched away <laughs> from you in the uh, 64th minute but you know it, it was a great game yeah I mean I mean as you say considering that last season our two games against them I think it was 4-0 and 5-0 I think um, you know as I say I would have had your hand off for a point before the game and yeah it, it, it is frustrating that we ended up going 3-1 I mean well first of all actually that, that first goal goes in from Gundogan after 5 minutes I was thinking we're looking at another 4-5-0 here yeah because it was Man's, it was poor defending as well it was just it, you gave him too much of a sniff he was just in so much space. He, he didn't even take that good a touch. No. And yet he had all the time in the world to to sort of continue and, and get the ball in the net, which was um, which was unfortunate. And I said at that point, I thought we're in for a long afternoon here. And actually, I mean, just very briefly on the defending, I think not to excuse that because ultimately it was just poor from us, which is uh, thankfully quite unusual in the Eddie Howe era <laughs> and with our new sort of New York defence as well. But... I think we're going to see that a lot this season with Man City where you know defenders are so terrified of Erling Haaland that as soon as he's in the penalty area like all the focus is on him and then everyone else is going to have even more kind of space to like Yeah, he's, he's definitely operate like and hurt people with. He's definitely like a glowing figure, isn't it? Yeah. Like oh, I think this is going to be where the goal's going to come from and it's like moss to a flame really, isn't it? All defenders yeah. start to converge around him and it just opens up the space as you say. So, you know, bad bad news if you've just put him in your fantasy team because, yeah, he's not going to... He's going to be very influential, but potentially the other uh, Man City forwards are going to start scoring because of his influence. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to... Um, yeah, as you say, just that space that he'll create for others is really going to let others shine as well as him. I mean, he can kind of do everything. And obviously, later on, as we saw, um, he, he did get that goal from close range. Just being in the right position at the right time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, he's he's got that now. But at the same time, I think yeah, Man City's other sort of midfielders and forwards mm. are really gonna love having him around. Just yeah, as I say, just kind of spots. causing havoc, opening up space. And Man City don't need a lot to work with anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, as as we said last week as well, as long as you run at them, Man City aren't used to teams running at them if you could if, if a team can play at their pace which is quite fast mm. um, 
City aren't used to it and you're going to cause problems and, and that is exactly what Sam Maxman did. Yeah, like that Yeah, that first five, ten minutes obviously was really ropey but then after that we really got a foothold in the game and we were causing them so many issues on the counter-attack. As you say, Sam Maxman in particular just absolutely terrorising them down that left-hand side. You know, Kyle Walker really sort of struggling to keep up with him. As Well, I mean, when, when Sam Maxman's in that kind of mood, most defenders would. But just, yeah, we were just having loads of chances. And then, of course, you know, that there was that big, big miss in the 17th minute from Almiron. You know, he blasted over from only about 10 yards. And you think, oh, God, that was, that was the chance then. Are we going to get many chances that good? But thankfully... <laughs> You know, we we kept it up. We didn't let that get us down. I and mean, we had a few more chances. You know, Sam Maxman uh, got a save from Edison. I think Callum Wilson was a bit unlucky not to score from that corner when he was sort of falling over as he made contact <laughs> with the ball and stuff. But then right after that, Almiron certainly, you have to say, made amends, actually scoring a more difficult chance. Well, it was like off his chest. Yeah, he was like off his chest sort of leg. like thigh, and he sort of like, yeah, he was like leaning forward. Mm-hmm. He was like, like sort of diving, he's like horizontal to the ground, like not. Not an easy chance the way you kind of ended up having to kind of bundle it in. I'm not sure it was like not an easy chance. I just think he made it look as difficult as humanly possible. That's probably true. If he yeah. had just gone boot first like a striker normally would, then Rather it probably would have worked really simple. throwing his body but, at the ball. <laughs> but that, that is maybe out wrong for you. But anyway, I hope you were watching at home Jack Grealish. He wasn't playing. Clearly too scared to step on a pitch with, uh, with Almiron again after his comments last season. Oh. Um, he's, yeah, but he's a £100 million pound player. <laughs> He's going to put on all of his creams and his hair gels to to him too long. Yeah, well, he, he should score five times, score and assist five times as many goals as Amron. He was a twenty million pound player, so yeah. shove it, Jack Greenwood. Anyway, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> if you are writing, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, I thought it was a deserved equaliser, and then about ten minutes later, Callum Wilson, and I mean, it was another great assist from um, Sir Magsman. You know, but that it wasn't an easy finish. But Callum Wilson's first touch and then the outside of the boot for the That's second so one good. really just took um, Edison just just off balance that little bit. Yeah. And yeah, it it was it was an excellent an excellent finish. And he was under pressure as well. Two players one coming in from behind and one in front, and it was a very very calm finish. And, and that is what Wilson can do. That's him at his best, isn't it? Yeah, and you know. I think we said as well about San Maxman trying to carry the team last season and, you know, even in your period of, of resurgence, he wasn't he wasn't quite clicking in the team. And this match has really showed how much um, he's got back into that yeah. really, really important role. But where he's also noticing that he doesn't have to do it all himself because his crosses, um, his cutbacks, his, his passing... Yeah. Um, and you could really see how, you know, especially in that Callum Wilson goal. I mean, it was it was on and off all the way. But if you do look at the highlights and you see that one, um, you could just see how, you know, the, the, the defender's just backpedalling desperately. Mm. He's just running at them um, because he's got the skill and the pace. And it, it, it's nerves. Players don't like it if you run at them. Some players, you know, fine. But I, I think City are that team that are so used to being on the front foot yeah. that... If, if another team just pushes them out of their comfort zone a little bit, they're, they're, left stag- they're left staggering. And yeah, as we saw, they had the potential to finish off. Have you seen their front forwards? Um, so it you, is unfortunate, but you know. Yeah, I mean, and as you say, actually, with Sam Maxman, like, yeah, really unselfish performance as well. Mm. Like I said, 
really running them ragged, but then looking to pick out Almiron or Wilson or whoever else with his final pass. And as we saw, I mean, he had um, two assists. And really, as I say, that first chance from Almiron, that would have been, and it should have been an assist as well because Almiron really should have scored that. Yeah. Because Sam Maxman put it on a plate for him. You know, so really, really top performance. Um, Obviously... Uh, again, still waiting on any potential forward signings this summer. Uh, it's, again, still a bit of time left, but obviously we're, we're starting to run out now. And it does show, it's just that like reminder of just how reliant we are on Sam Maximan and Wilson. And again, if they get injured, or at least if even just one of them gets injured, that is such a huge uh, blow to the team. So again, hopefully some more reinforcements. You can't see listeners, but I'm crossing my fingers now. <laughs> um that we can get, you know, another winger or another striker through the door uh, before the window shuts. But on the other hand, we've got right back Kieran Trippier just sticking <laughs> him right in the top bins with his free kicks. What a hit! It, Absolutely superb. It was great, and we were actually talking about this ourselves earlier that Trippier was such an astute buyer, and we did we have mentioned it before. But yet again, he shows his worth. He was very good that entire uh, match. And even later when, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but even later when he did the professional foul, that it's just, that's just experience. And it, as much as we hate to see it when it's done against our team, it is savvy. And he had to kind of make that tackle. It made sense at the time, but he's just become, yeah. he's, he's really fit in well with Newcastle. Didn't take him too long to get settled. And he is that complete package. And I think he really does finish off um, that defence that has started to become really solid because he's got that pace, but he's also got the knowledge and um, the experience that to help others around him. So, yeah, no, that was, it was a great free kick. And, you know, Newcastle, I've always felt, have been pretty dangerous at set pieces. Normally, because that was the only chances Newcastle got <laughs> in games, was a set piece. Yeah, so it, it was the only opportunity <laughs> the goal. Is, absolutely. Yeah, um, but, but now it, it has become... You know, how many goals do you score from free kicks now? In his uh, time at the club? Two, well, I mean, three? that's that's at least... I think that's two already. I think two. Could be three. And obviously, bear in mind, because obviously he didn't actually manage to play for... Exactly, he's not played lot, for you know, many. He's not actually yeah. played that much. So, you know, that's... It's just really nice to have someone who can do that in the team again because we've not... I, I, John Joe Shelby, like, every now and again, but he's not that consistent with them. Mm. And then... Otherwise, like you're looking back to like Ryan Taylor and Johan Kabai, and then we, as I said, we've kind of had this gap, but we've not really had that much of a threat, and it's, it's just it's just such a a great sort of tool to have in your arsenal. On top of everything else, to just have that threat, and as you say, thank God um, he did eventually stay on the pitch uh, later on when VIR uh, correctly, it, it has to be said, overturned. That red card into a yellow. I mean, I do think VAR was used quite well in this match. It, it was, it was, um, and it was good to see a, a referee, you know, going over and, in, and he, you know, went over and had looking at me did his mistakes because we know there's certain people, Dean, who probably <laughs> wouldn't have. Um, but I, I thought that was probably how VAR should be used most of all. Mm. You could argue, in a way, if you wanted to, that Newcastle were getting all the decisions against them because it's Newcastle. I don't think that's the case. I, I, in these split-second things, you could see how potentially Amron could have been offside if you took your eye off it for a second because it's going to be quite difficult. 
Yeah, yeah, of um, course. I, yeah, I don't but, think it, it wasn't like last when we played them at St James's Park last season, and Edison wiped out Ryan Fraser, and, and, oh, yeah, and nothing really happened. It was like you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it was it was very um, good use of our. I thought it was but, quite fair. Um, and yeah, and I, I say unfortunately they were able to then turn it around, which in the space of in fact. I think it was like just it was like three and a half minutes between their two goals, um, Harland, as we mentioned before, and then that Bernardo Silva one after um, a bit of De Bruyne magic, albeit very, very, very slightly lucky in that it did take that just little nick off Joe Willock that actually took it like perfectly into Silva's path. But that's but, that's all it takes, isn't yeah. it? And as we've said, the the, the attacking players of Man City, they, they've just got so much. Um, understanding of the game and, and positioning on the pitch that that small bit of luck they're already in the right position because they are waiting for the balls to be placed exactly. there because they are used to players like De Bruyne just being able to place it exactly for them so you know you could maybe argue that it was bad defending I don't think so I just think it's just the I think that one's just you've got to maybe I think and... maybe the close range goal after a failure to clear it but it was just such a scramble yeah. and that's the type of thing that happens um, so yeah, it was unfortunate, but really, really good game, and I think Newcastle have a lot to uh, be proud of and, and look forward to. I think for this season, because you know I've, I've got no hope in Leicester this season, so everything right now is on is on Newcastle. Um, yeah, and the small glimmer of hope is that Man United will be bottom of the table for another week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, just that. Yeah, it's just it's just, it's just a, it's a, it was a great performance and a great point against. I think the best team in the league and one of the best teams in all of Europe. Um, as I say, we're the first. I know we're only three games in, but considering that um, West Ham and Bournemouth weren't able to lay a finger on them, mm. for us to put three past them, um, I think is really encouraging for what we're doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the fact that, yes, you let three in, that doesn't really... But again, we haven't conceded in our first two games. That's, that's the thing, and... and... I think the the bigger positive um, is the fact that you've got three goals from different people, which is something that, well, you couldn't have even imagined, never mind said <laughs> this time last season. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, now everything seems to be uh, looking good for, at the moment for Newcastle. Looking good. Yeah, and actually, very, very quick shout out as well to, to, to Nick Pope, actually, who, um, before the flurry of goals in the second half, made actually a great fingertip save just to turn Haaland's shot onto the post. So initially, mm. it was one of those where it was actually hard to tell in real time. If he touched if he, it. Yeah, yeah, but then you look back and actually, it was just that little fingertips that just meant that it wasn't a goal. Mm. And actually, you know, hit the post and we were fine. So, you know, again, Nick Pope um, showing his sort of credentials as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant performance, brilliant result. And yeah, still unbeaten now. Five points from from our first three games. Again, when when you know that Man City is one of those three games, you, you'd uh, you'd have the hand off for for five points from that. So hopefully that's um, a, a good platform to build on. Um, you know, going forward. Because I mean, how long did it take us to reach five points last season? Well, well you don't want to know. Couple December, of months, I think. At least. Yeah. So <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, yeah, brilliant, uh, brilliant to continue that great start to the season. Um, and so, some good news, actually, to go with the performance. Newcastle women now officially under the ownership uh, of Newcastle United um, for the first time in the club's history. Pre, you know, 
Previously, they were a sort of separate, independent entity. Which made no sense, but whatever. Um, <laughs> although, in recent years, they had at least been supported by the Newcastle United Foundation. But, yeah, it's about time, is all we can say. And it, I think it has been coming for a while, since certainly since the takeover. Yeah, and they did they did play at St James's Park uh, at the end of last season. And they'll play two more, apparently, this season. Um, Amanda Stavely is vowing to take... Uh, uh, vowing to back the women's team, which is... Which is good to see because she does seem to be the mouthpiece at the moment of the club. Yeah. I feel that more teams need to allow their women's team to play on, on that pitch. I understand for groundsmen involved that that means it's a lot more work and potentially will damage the pitch. But especially during the World Cup. And for a, t- for a team who's exactly... And, and when your, t- your team's not in Europe, so you already you know you don't have all those extra games... Is, it, it is, you should, yeah, you should teams be should be taking advantage. Get um, people through the door. And like again, we did. Uh, you know, just what, 20-something thousand people went last season? Yeah, and again, if you think monetarily, that's, that's a hell of a lot more suits you can potentially Absolutely. fill as well with a, ch- with a cheaper ticket. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's nice to see. So you've even got the manager, Becky Lang- uh, <laughs> uh, Langley, now employed on a full-time basis. And it seems to finally be getting the support it deserves. I just really hope, and I think uh, I think the cynic in me feels, you know, that it's too good to be true. But I really hope with the success of the Women's Euros, which obviously we've all heard and, heard and talked about if you're into any form of football, um actually has a positive impact on, on the women's game. And, you know, for all those people who don't like it, don't watch it then. You know, end of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's the thing is, is women's football is riding such a crest of a wave now after what the Lionesses did this summer that I think everyone should be looking to capitalise. And I, I'll be honest, I think this would have happened either way. Because as I say, I think since um, since the new ownership came in, I think it's it's been clear that... Um, this was probably coming at some point anyway, and as I say, you know, with what Stavely's been talking about and all the rest of it. But I think, yeah, just women's football, just more generally in England, needs to be capitalising on this while they can. And hopefully, in terms of Newcastle, fingers crossed, maybe we actually see them in the in the WSL, you know, in a few years. It's going to take a bit of time. Uh, you know, they're still currently in the fourth tier of, of women's football, so... At a minimum, it's going to be a few years anyway. I know. It's hard, though, you know, when you actually still have to hold on a job and you don't get properly paid and you have part-time managers and you play football part-time and don't get access to all the training, etc., etc., etc. But <laughs> hopefully, now that they're properly, you know, they're in-house, as you say, um, yeah, the, the, Becky Langley's now, you know, full-time, all the rest of it, with that renewed, ho- um, you know, investment and support of the team, hopefully, as we've seen uh, with other teams like Man United a couple of years ago finally getting a women's team you know you pump a little bit of money into them and it can go a long way in women's football um, so hopefully we can kind of see similar for Newcastle of course we all have to caveat this by saying really, it'd be really really nice if the Saudis treated women well in their own country uh, instead <laughs> of like second class citizens uh, and you can read up more on that uh, listeners, just uh, you, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot before, but we always have to feel like we need to point out these caveats of, yeah, it's a great story, it, it's it's absolutely the right thing for them to do, <laughs> but you know, unfortunately, as with everything these days at Newcastle, it it does come with a bit of an asterisk next to it. So, uh, unfortunately, we do have to mention that. But um, overall, still 
the absolutely the right thing for the ownership to be doing, backing uh, the women's team, bringing them in house, giving them the backing and support that they uh, definitely deserve and, and haven't had enough of from the club over the years. Um, but yeah, uh, just to go back to the men's team now, uh, we're not going to give you a preview of the Tranmere game, listeners, because by the time this pod goes out, it's it's not really worth it because uh, it'll literally be it, uh, a matter of hours before the game's played. So okay, yeah, but score prediction. <laughs> I'm gonna say two nil to Newcastle. I was going to say the same thing, actually. Well, um, you, to go, copy, you go but... change it now because I've said it. No, no, I'll say 3-0. Chris Wood okay. hat-trick. <laughs> Chris Wood okay. I mean, well, fingers crossed, Chris Wood, I'm sure he'll get a run out. Hopefully he'll, uh, he'll score a goal or two if that would be um, really good for him just to hopefully try and get his confidence up and, and what have you. But, um, but yeah, no. the actual match that we care about, Wolves versus Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is our next Premier League opponent before we uh, then take on Liverpool, which is going to be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can continue our unbeaten start to the season. Let's hope it's not another snooze festive 1-1, oh, which God. is the... I mean, you did beat them in April 1-0, but I mean, usually it's a draw. Yeah, four, <laughs> four one-alls in a row over the last like couple of years. I said, thankfully, uh, it's finally changed a little bit over the last result or two, including, yeah, in April, that 1-0 win, which is actually our first win over them since 2017. Hopefully we can emulate that a bit because... Well, it'd just be nice to um, just get more points on the board and, and get to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, get as many as we can in these games. I mean, obviously, anything you can get against a Man City or a Liverpool is a bonus. And obviously, we've shown that, you know, literally just this weekend, we've shown that if we're up for it, we can do it. But, you know, uh, it's still really just a bonus in those games, uh, anything you can get. But these are the games, if we want to you know, get that top half finish, these are the games we want to be collecting three points if we can. Obviously, we will be away from home, of course. But, you know, Wolves, they've not had a great start they've, to the season. They've not, they've not been very good. Um, lost, to, lost to Leeds and Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham have been good this season, so, you know, we, we can count that as, one as, off, as of Leeds, to be fair. Yeah, exactly. But they only drew nil-nil with Fulham as well. They're a bit toothless up front, aren't they? Yeah, I mean... It's the start of the season. Maybe they're getting warmed up, but I, I feel Newcastle should win this this game. Um, yeah, Wolves just haven't been firing at the moment, and they, they didn't. You know, they weren't great at the back end of last season. I feel like it's weird. A couple of seasons ago, Wolves, you know, they were kind of seventh. They were kind of knocking on the door in the top half. You know, getting into Europe, they were quite exciting. And I just, I don't know. I just feel like over the last. So six months, maybe the last year or so, they've just lost a little bit of that excitement, a little bit of that sheen. Yeah, I said, I said they're looking a bit more toothless. They don't seem as as good up front. You know, they've lost obviously a couple of forward players like uh, Dharma Traore and stuff over the last year or so. And I just I don't think they're quite as formidable. So hopefully that means we can we can capitalise it. And and it, I said if nothing else continue the unbeaten start of the season but with any luck you know grab another three points yeah yeah exactly and I think you should I think you should pull out another three points there but anywho yeah we'll be here to report back on that next week listeners and of course we'll check in on the Tranmere game hopefully with Newcastle still being in the Carabao yeah. Cup fingers crossed oh god touch wood the Carabao Cup curse <laughs> but yeah we'll be here to uh, go through it whatever happens 
Until uh, until then, <laughs> I'll try and get my words out. Until then, please give the podcast a like and subscribe and a positive review. And we've been Magpies Unrestricted. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problemo. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.